dead beard boys. Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Steven Ebers. And I'm co-host, Travis Owen. Jeez, this song gets me fired up for this podcast. Oh, yeah. Love this new intro. Hopefully, uh, we can clean it up a little bit how we want it whenever turkey season comes along. Incorporate a few gobbles, something cool like that. Yeah. No, we'll get some good stuff. I'm excited. You know what else I'm excited for? What's that? Turkey season. Yeah. So, uh, to to maybe intro this podcast this is the first episode of our spur of the moment series and just to kind of give you all an idea of where we're going with this um, what we're going to be doing is a series of turkey podcasts talking hunting scenarios scouting and strategy and today we're going to talk about a hunt that travis was on last year where he helped call in a buddy's turkey yeah dude it was it was a good hunt and uh i honestly I, I learned a lot from it, and uh, it just confirmed some things that I kind of already thought might work and uh, tested it out, and sure enough. Um, but All right, well, let's jump right into yeah. it, Travis. Outside. Yeah. All right, so, uh, well, first episode of the Spur of the Moment series, and uh, I think today we're going to be doing a, a scenario. So, yeah. Travis... You know, um, you, you went on this turkey hunt last year mm-hmm. with your buddy, and you helped call in a turkey, and you felt that this scenario was something that the listeners could benefit from. Yeah, so for sure, for sure. We're just going to jump right into things and, and talk about that scenario, and we've got some cool cool stuff ahead about the advice that Travis would give in some of these situations. So uh, I guess before we talk about the hunt can you kind of set the stage for us i mean how did y'all go about finding these birds is it a spot that you've had previous experience from or did you guys spot these birds the day before kind of lead us into what happened leading up to this hunt okay so this is a farm that i have um, quite a bit of experience hunting and uh it's actually one of the farms that i've killed or i called in my first bird for this uh same buddy and um he he had went with one of my brothers a few weeks prior, and he had went with a couple other people um, prior to this hunt. I think this was the second or third week of season, um, and we got out there. Um, I, what I what I like to do, you know, a location call first, just to figure out because birds aren't aren't necessarily going to be in the same area, you know. And this farm is I don't know probably 500 acres but it's uh a lot of bottom fields and then there's um there there's bottom fields with a lot of winding creek in there i mean it it crisscrosses a million times uh there's there's a couple pretty good blocks of timber um kind of scattered around the property and timber lines is usually how we uh, make our way from one way from one side to the other of the property so it's kind of got it all it's got um ag fields Mm -hmm. creek bottoms and blocks of timber throughout yep yep and and these uh these fields they so the the creek is super deep it's a pretty pretty steep drop off probably a five or six foot drop off into this creek now it doesn't stay full most of the time but uh it's it's a pain to get back and forth across it and uh um and there's only there's like i said there's pretty good blocks of timber but they're pretty much on opposite sides of this property so the only way to get from one 
side to the other is tree lines for the most part, which are anywhere from, I don't know, 50 yards deep to uh, probably 10 yards deep. So you're, you're a lot of the times if, uh, if we can get away with it, if there's not too much down timber in the creeks, that's one way that we kind of try to use. Um, but it, I mean, it also depends on water level and all that. But anyways, this morning we, uh, we had a gobble and it was on the West side of the property, which doesn't flood too much, but it's kind of some bottom land ground. Uh, I mean, a lot of oaks and there's, there's one field that the neighbor owns. that's um, across the Creek, maybe, I don't know. 150 yards or so and i know a lot of birds like using that area uh but sneaking through these woods um it, i think they burnt it this year but they usually don't so there's usually a lot of uh twigs briars stuff to get caught up in so it's kind of hard to sneak through um but anyways we hear a uh, gobble on the west side of the property and i said well you know we might as well there was i think we heard one gobble on the other side but we heard two or three on the on the west side so we just headed down that way just to clarify this was the morning of the hunt or the night before this is the morning of the hunt so i had uh i had not hunted this place this year yet um i had uh i had hunted it in years past but i had never even set up uh probably within i don't know couple hundred yards i mean mo i had not really done much with this area of the property before i'd hunted them in the the bottom fields i had hunted them in the timber to the north but not really uh on the west side too much just because it it is usually pretty um briared up there's usually a lot of downfall um here and there and it's just really thick stuff kind of hard to sneak through so um but that was the first bird that gobbled and he did a double gobble instead of just a single that was way on the other side of the the farm. Um, we got down there. Um, we had a little strutter decoy, but it was, uh, we set it up. Honestly, I don't think he even saw it because it was, it was pretty green by this time in in the season. And, uh, so that we knew the Tom had flown down and he was, uh, gobbling on the ground and he was in that neighbor's field I was talking about. It's not a very big field, um, but it, and he was probably, I don't know, maybe 80, 90 yards away in this field. And uh, I was calling to him. He was gobbling back. He was responding really well, but he was not moving at all. And I knew that, you know, he was going to, he was the dominant Tom in the area. Um, he would gobble every single time, but not move. That was, a lot of the times I get toms that do that. Uh, they're not really, you know, there, there's toms that will work with you and toms that want you to work with them that they want, basically want the hens to come to wherever they're strutting, which is natural. Right, right. It's pretty, it's a pretty, uh, common theme from my experience at least. And, uh, I got sent a freaking gift from God. I heard a, uh, uh, what I assumed was a Jake, um, gobbling up in the tree. And I figured, so basically turkeys, in my opinion, act like the shallowest 
human beings. Like, <laughs> like, like if you think of like the shallowest people you met in high school, like that's probably the people, that's what these birds are going to act like. So like the jock, which is the Tom, he is, he thinks that he's a ladies man. He thinks that all the ladies are going to come to him. The Jake represents a nerd. And he is nothing against nerds, <laughs> but I think we're nerds in a lot I'm, of ways. I, I'm I was a nerd in high school, so you know nothing against me or any other nerd. <laughs> but so they're gonna be more susceptible to calling because they have to slip in on a tom. You know they can't just outright you know beat the competition. They can't just absolutely you know wreck a tom and send him running to get laid. So. What I do is I talk to the juveniles. I, I'm not I'm not responding at all to the Tom at this point. So the the juvenile, the Jake gobbles on the roost, and I respond to him every time. And right after I respond to him, guess who's gobbling? The Tom. Tom. The Tom. So because the Tom wants the attention, and once you give all the attention to that that Jake, then it's gonna start making him mad and. The Jake is thinking, man, this chick is really into me. You know, I'm, I'm definitely headed that way. So he flies down. I mean, within a minute or two, and yeah, he, he ain't wasting no. Time. Yeah, no, he's not wasting any time. He thinks there's a a hen, and the hen's only responding to him. It's not responding to the Tom. So he thinks he's in. He's getting some action, right? <laughs> and he he came right in, and I, I at first I thought. I saw just one bird because I caught a glimpse of him. He went behind a tree, and then I saw the tom uh, go into full strut in the woods. And I was like, and I was thinking, man, that I don't, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't figure it out what what just happened. But that tom had seen that Jake fly down and start heading our way, and uh, and I I kind of got a little bit quiet at that point. It, every time the the Jake would gobble though. I'm still paying attention to him. So even though, you know, they're, they're within eyesight, but they think, you know, they're going behind in and out of trees still. And that Jake, you know, might gobble and then I'll answer him. And then, and the Tom would gobble, I mean, right behind him too. Cause he's getting mad. And that Jake, I actually got a video of this. The Jake comes in and once they're within full eye contact you know they're not going behind very many trees and they're not going behind much brush i'm pretty much laying low i i don't want them because these birds don't have ears like we've got but they can they just pinpoint sound and it's i've found elk and turkeys both and and ducks and geese too honestly they pinpoint sound and it's not you know i'm not sure if they can hear a long ways but i know that if they're anywhere close and you make a noise they know exactly where that noise came from and once they're in full you know eye contact i calm down quite a bit um and they're the the tom went into full strut he kind of jumped at the jake and scared him off because the jake knew that you know he's no match for the jock you know so he took off running and right about that time i told my buddy i I said shoot him and he was facing i don't know he was probably 60 degrees off he was he was we were expecting him to come a different way and he was across there's a little uh like i said those creeks are like six foot deep and they're dead drop-offs 
So he's just barely across that, which we had permission on the other side, but we didn't want to cross that Creek that morning because it's such a pain to get down and then back up. And so I told my buddy, shoot him. And so he starts doing a slow swing and there's, there's times for slow swings and there's times for quick swings. And whenever the Turkey is staring right at you, like I just hold still. If they go behind a tree for a second, you can make a quick adjustment. Like I've, I've went from left or from right-handed to left-handed before to kill turkeys that went behind trees. You can get away with that, but whenever they're maybe not pinpointed in on your location, if they're, if they know there's a hen within this hundred yard or 60 yard space and they're looking, you can usually get away with a little bit of a, a slow movement a lot of the times. Um, and he was, he was busy with the Jake. So right when I said, shoot him, my buddy was already swinging really slow. And then I, man, I thought he was going to bust him cause he was going pretty slow, but he, he didn't pick up on the movement, I guess. Cause that Jake was right there. And right before that Tom took off, I said, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. And he finished his swing real quick and popped off around and just, I mean, absolutely swatted the crap out of him. I mean, it was, it was intense. I was super relieved to see that he just absolutely toasted him. <laughs> so we'll, we'll uh, end up posting the video along when we kind of shout out this right. episode coming out and uh, you can find it on Instagram and Facebook. So you'll get to see kind of how it played out there closer towards the end. Right. And, uh, you'll be able to follow along with what Travis was saying after hearing this podcast and then watching the video. I think yeah. it'll make a lot more sense. Now, um, how far away were these turkeys roosted when you guys set up? Uh, I mean, within probably 100, 150 yards. I, I try to close the distance as much as I can. Um, I'm trying to get as close to them as I possibly can without busting them. So if I can get 75 yards, if I don't think that I can get to the next tree without them seeing me. That's that's where I want to be. And how early was it when you got set up? Oh, it was, uh, I mean, there was light in the sky, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't sunrise quite yet. So, so you said that you heard these gobbles on the west end of the property. Correct. When you um, did whatever your shock gobble call, Right. I, I do. I usually do an owl hoot that early. Um, and then once it gets seven uh, o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, I'll use I got a goose call. Um, I use a goose call to locate. And then um, all throughout the day, you can use a crow call pretty much. But a lot of the times the crow calls will get those uh, jakes amped up a lot more than it'll get. The toms will gobble to it. I'm not saying that they won't. But the jakes are way more susceptible to it. So when you say that and you watch the video that we post, those crows are hammering also yeah. in the background. Yep. So, but uh, what, what I was getting at was whenever you do that, that shot gobble call and mm -hmm. in your case, it's the owl hoot right early in the morning. Were you expecting to hear it from that West end of the property or were you set up in a location where you had experience um, where turkeys were in the past? Well, what made, I mean, were you guys just going for it? Like, was there no scouting involved? Um, I mean, honestly, nine times out of 10, 
actually uh, 9.5 times out of 10 i don't i i scout and if there's birds there there's birds there but I don't. I. I mean, I don't find out what tree they're roosting in and all that. My, where I have my fun is if I know there's birds in the general area. I like to go out, make a hoot, and then wherever they are, that's where I'm going. Because even even if you you know roost a tom or a jake or whatever, they're not necessarily gonna you know, answer back to you that morning. And, you know, they, they might, it might be, you know, a bird that answers every single morning, but there's also birds that, you know, you'll call to early and they might, they might not even fly down till eight o'clock. Sometimes I like just walking out there and just, you know, a random chance. It's, I don't know. To me, there's something that is, really fulfilling about that just going out there not knowing what to expect and then being able to at the end of the day you know have a a tom thrown over your shoulder yeah it's definitely a fun way to to turkey hunt that's for sure element of surprise is fun yeah um but oh sorry i didn't answer your question really though uh this property um i've killed we've called birds on pretty pretty close to every corner of that property now but we have a central there's uh i don't know it's not exactly central but it's pretty central to the property and you you're within earshot of any tom that gobbles for you know 600 800 yards so uh and like i said i've killed birds all the way at the i've killed birds at the northeast end of it i've killed birds and the east end of it and now we've killed birds in the west end of it i've killed birds in the the northern part of it and it just it really depends on just where the birds want to be that day and and that's what i have a lot of fun doing is is because each part of this property is just as far as uh, uh geographically it, it it's totally different you know there's bottom grounds, there's hills, there's, and it, and it's not a huge property. It's just very diverse and, and, uh, what you can get into as far as, uh, topography and all that. I may be throwing this one out of left field and I don't know if you've heard this too, but I've always heard that there's like a, a three day cycle with turkeys roosting in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Have you found that to be true at all or in your experience or honestly, I'd have to pay more attention, <laughs> but no, there, there's been, I don't know. I definitely believe in roost trees. You know, there's, there's year after year, a lot of there. Well, it depends on uh, the property, but there's been certain properties that year after year, you can go back, you can kill the bird that's roosting in that tree. And next year, guess what? There's another bird roosting in that same tree. So I, I don't know if they're cycling in three day cycles or, uh, I know a lot of people firmly believe that I just, I don't really have much input in that because I never really paid good enough attention. That might be, have, that might be something we have to, to kind of really yeah. look at this year yeah. when we're turkey hunting, seeing if uh, we we get on a turkey mm-hmm. one morning and don't get it done. Right. Three days later, we might have to try it out again. So yeah. Just- and, uh, but I do know, I know for a fact that uh, there are certain birds that do use the same tree over and over again. And the reason I say that for a fact is because there's not too many birds that – um, gobble five times in a row 
and then we'll give a space and gobble five times in a row. And I've I've went uh you know a three week season and killed that bird on the, pretty close to the last day of season. It, it, there was a uh, shoot I I don't know if it was my junior or senior year of high school, but I had hunted different areas that year, but not a whole lot. I had went after this bird because I knew he was big, and dog on it i mean he did not want to come in i was but my problem was i was i was trying to call him he was up on uh uh he was in a tree that was fairly close to a i don't know probably a 12 foot cliff or whatever that um ended up panning out into a rolling hill that came down into these bottoms i was in but he would he would gobble in that tree five times in a row stop five times in a row stop and i mean whenever i got up there and i was calling to him and i was in the bottoms i was like man i you know i've got it made the first day it it was first three days of season i was probably hunting him and i was thinking man i've i've got this one in the bag he's fired up you know he's gobbling five times in a row that you don't get that very often and and then he'd fly up on that cliff and then he'd gobble and then I'd get, go to him and he'd gobble further away and I'd call to him and go to him. And, and that's something that I won't do anymore is is try to chase them down and, and as they're gobbling further and further away. Because they know, they, they're trying to bring you to their strutting grounds as a hen. And sometimes it just takes uh, backing off of them and sometimes you can get them to, you know, sometimes you can back off you know, 40 yards or, or call to another bird or whatever. But sometimes you just got to be where they want to fly down. And that's how I killed that bird. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So in this scenario, uh, that we were talking about initially with your hunting buddy, you were on the West end of the property that was set up in a Creek bottom. Yeah. yeah. And the birds were roosted about 100, 150 yards away from you. Um, they were roosted on the other side of the Creek. Yeah. Yeah. They were, uh, yeah, they were probably, I'm assuming they're maybe like 20 or 30 yards in on the tree line of that little cove field. Okay. And that creek is steep. So were you concerned at all that they were going to have issues wanting to cross the creek or did that have so cross your mind? I, the reason, so I'm not trying to make a bird cross a creek if he doesn't have to that's why i wanted there was kind of this creek kind of ran in a in a horseshoe around this uh it's almost like a little peninsula that kind of juts out and that way and we set up right there because that way we could shoot you know we could shoot any side of this creek so if they wanted to come up behind us we could shoot them if they wanted to come on the end of it or to the left of us, which they ended up coming on the left of us. But we wanted to set up on that, uh, on that kind of peninsula, that Creek, that way they wouldn't have to cross, you know, they wouldn't have to fly across. But with that property, you know, everybody, um, always talks about how hard it is to call birds across, um, rivers and creeks and all that because it is it is tough 99 percent of the time but you got to think about these are these are factual percentages travis is throwing out yeah 99 <laughs> well yeah yeah don't don't put <laughs> don't you know, quote him <laughs> yeah don't put a calculator to me but uh yeah th- so these bottoms you got to think about it. these birds live there their whole lives you know they're they're around these twisting 
bottoms, these twists and creeks, and the you know they're used to flying over them for food or migration or whatever strutting grounds anything. So because the first time I called a bird over there, uh, my buddy this buddy actually ended up shooting the second bird I ever called in. The first bird, um, it flew across the creek up on a hill that was right above us i'm pretty sure he he saw us and then headed out because we never heard from him um but and the i was thinking man i must you know really be a good caller if i called him across (laughs) the creek but it it's just they're used to it down there so if you find some bottoms that you know have this kind of topography these these deep creeks that are hard to cross don't be afraid to set up on your side of the creek because they're used to flying across them. You know, it's not like it's a, a new thing for them, you know? So, yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, if you're where they want to be already, right. then you're in the money. Right, exactly. And and especially if you're within 150 yards of the roost. I mean, most of the birds that I've killed, I'd say probably 75% of the birds I've killed have been within that first two hours of daylight and i've killed i've killed a few you know 9 30 10 o'clock or 10 30 maybe um not too many i've gotten you know 11 past or you know eight. which now you're talking about hunting in missouri we cannot hunt past one o'clock so right right i mean you know who knows how we would fare Right. In the, the only, later afternoon. The only turkey I think I've ever called in that was in the late afternoon was in Colorado. It was a Merriam, and my buddy ended up shooting it. But uh, that, yeah, besides that, I, I've probably maybe once shot a bird after 11 o'clock. But usually, I don't know. I, I, I like to go out and hunt the morning and then if I haven't killed anything by nine thirty, or if I don't have, you know, a lead, if I don't have a, a bird that I'm talking to or watching, then I'm probably going to go start, you know, looking around, seeing if I can find, catch something out in the field and then, you know, ask a farmer or whatever and get in there and get after and maybe, you know, kill one by ten thirty or whatever. But I, even if we had all day hunting, I, I don't know if I'd actually take advantage of it or not. Yeah. Well, just to recap kind of that hunt, mm-hmm. I think um, you attribute most of your success to ignoring the Tom and calling it Jake. Would oh, yeah. That's about right? Yeah. No, it, if, uh, if that Jake wouldn't have been there, I mean, we would have had to probably put a stalk on him, try to get, you know, readjusted somewhere to where that Tom felt comfortable with coming in that leftover distance. But or we would have had to be really patient or, or something like that. But that juvenile, that Jake, it just it just sped things up a lot. So I'm not saying that we wouldn't have killed him if that Jake wouldn't have been there, but he sure did help, you know. So definitely take that, you know, home with you. Right. And if you've got that kind of scenario going for you, I think that's good, you know. Yeah. The best way to bring a Tom in isn't always just call it the Tom, you know. Yeah. Well, is there any other, um, I mean, would you call to a hen in, in a, any scenario? or? I, I don't know about calling to a hen, but I have called at a hen. Um, just, and the difference being is I, I'm not calling to her answer. No, 
as a as another hen in the woods, I'm not having a conversation with her. So, so when when uh, you want to call at a hen, then the only time I'm usually calling at hens is if they're messing up my hunt. So if this Tom's goblin and you hear a hen down in the holler or you know somewhere nearby and she's interested in this Tom with you and you know that she's going to walk to him or maybe if even if you don't if she's if he's gobbling to you and her the more you can anger her the better so if she's if she, what's that gonna do uh it's she's gonna if she's a dominant hen then she's probably gonna come check you out even if she's not a dominant hen she might come check you out or you might scare her off it just kind of and it doesn't work you know hundred percent of the time but i've called a lot of hens in that are just madder and heck because they're gobble a lot of the time uh the older hens almost sound a little bit more raspy or whatever but um and a lot of the time whenever they're you know answering a tom the second they even make a sound i'm trying to make a sound to cut them off you know i'm not i'm trying to talk over them you know, you want them to be, oh, it's just like if, like I said, high schoolers, you're at a high school party and there's some girl talking to the jock and then every time she tries to, you know, get googly eyed with the jock, you step in and just break that up. Eventually she's going to get mad enough. She's either going to run off or she's going to want to throw down and that way you can make you make her so mad that she wants to come see you know who the heck is yeah who the heck does this hen think she is that she's in my woods and i'm trying to you know mate and she keeps breaking it off trying to get this tom's attention before me Mm -hmm. are you kidding me and she'll come i've called hens in. i've had hens walk right past me in the woods that are just looking for whoever's you know making them mad and and a lot of times whenever you bring them in and then they don't see anything they're gonna they're gonna you know call they're gonna say you know you know where are you and whenever they do that that tom's hearing them now both hens are in the same spot he's gonna a lot of the time he'll go to them or at least you can get frustrate that hen enough to where you know it gives you a gap to get in a little bit closer or to to maybe make a move but at least that that gobbler isn't going to get hinned up before you can shoot him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I. that's all good advice. And uh, I'm going to try to utilize some of that stuff this year in, in the woods. And I know you'll be with me for some of that. Oh, so yeah. we'll be able to uh, yeah. experience some of these scenarios and hopefully kill some birds this year. Yeah, you know? no, I'm excited about it. I think, I think we should have uh, fairly decent luck. Um, I've, I had a, a couple of buddies already message me about, you know, when you want to go out. And I was like, oh, oh man. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I've been getting a lot of messages this year about people taking people out turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to do as much as I can, but I know that we're going to try videoing some hunts this year and, and yep. getting real serious about it. So, you know, it'll take away from hunting with some other people, unfortunately. Right. But uh, I think I think uh, if you look back at this this episode, you know your your big takeaways are 
cock block hands. Yeah, definitely cock block hands. It's going to piss them off like no other. And then talk dirty to the Jakes whenever the Tom yep. is around. Ignore it's, him. It's not always It's not Play always hard to get. It, right, exactly. You don't always just want to give it up because sometimes that works. Sometimes that bird will come right in, but sometimes, oh, man, he'll frustrate the ever-living crap out of you, and you'll spend, you know, two or three hours – talking to him and he's spending two or three hours standing in the same spot or just zigzagging and and uh yeah it's just a lot of the time the best way to get a tom to come to you isn't necessarily to talk to the tom you know so that's just just think about from their perspective is all i can say is be the turkey be one with the turkey right right yeah just i mean if you were standing there in the in an open field felt pretty darn safe you can see any predators coming and you hear some hen that you never heard of before talking to you and yeah it seems like she's in heat but she's answering you every call yeah let her come you know that's that's his perspective but Mm -hmm. then once once you get a jake involved or somebody even another tom i mean once you get one of them involved you know, then things change, and he starts thinking, "Man, I might miss out on this new chick." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I guess this is uh, series number episode number one for the yeah. spur of the moment series, and you know, we ran a couple scenarios by you guys, and we've got some other stuff in the works coming up in the next few weeks. It's oh, yeah. turkey season's opening in a lot of states right now so yeah florida's wide open i yeah. think i'm pretty sure and alabama's not too far behind them so right yeah did you hear about the uh the change in alabama uh-uh. they are gonna increase the length of the season and then i think for the first 10 days of the season you're not allowed to uh to use decoys oh yeah well that's i mean uh, yeah more power to them i i don't know uh 90% of the birds I kill are without decoys anyways. But, uh, no, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, they, I think – I don't know if they increase their bag limit or not. I don't want to speak out of turn when I don't exactly know the ins and outs of it. But they did change some new laws today, and it's kind of a big topic of discussion. Yeah, yeah so well – Maybe I, we'll have to talk about it on the next one. If anybody's real upset about not being able to use decoys for the first week of season, then, I mean, it's it's not that big of a deal. You can still kill them in the timber, no problem, without decoys. You and can kill them on field edges without decoys. If all you're used to doing is killing them with decoys, maybe this is a good chance for you to figure out how to do it without some. Yeah, no kidding. And Another way of hunting. Yep. A new challenge it makes it a whole lot more fun. Right. I've always been raised, uh, we always hunted mostly woods, and we never used decoys. We kill them on field edges sometimes without decoys, but, I mean, it— I never even used a decoy till I was probably 17 years old. And so it's kind of a new thing for me to hunt with decoys, but yeah, well, it's we'll, fun. we'll talk about hunting with decoys. I'm sure yeah. by, by the time spring's over with. So oh, yeah. And, and the strategies that go into that, but I appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you on the next one later.